Under the Sun this week is supported by Toucan Box. A Toucan Box is a box filled with everything you need to make two crafts of your choice, from a rocket ship to a gingerbread house. If you'd like to try one out, you can get 50% off your first box using the code SUN, S-U-N. You'll have to subscribe to a monthly box, but if you ever want to cancel, you can right away. I don't think you'll want to, though, because Toucan Boxes are great. Check them out at toucanbox.com using the code SUN. Welcome to the 10th episode of the second series of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Our first question today is from Arlo, who is four, and he wants to know something about elephants. Over to Arlo. Hi, my name is Arlo, and I'm four. And I like swimming and going for walks. And my question is, why do elephants have trunks? Bye-bye. Thanks, Arlo, for sending in your excellent question. It's great that you love going for walks and going swimming. I love elephants too. And their trunks are really amazing. Well, why do they have trunks? Well, an elephant's trunk is really its nose. Elephants have a trunk for the same reason we have noses, to smell things and to breathe. But elephants can also use their trunks for things that we can't do with our noses. They use them for trumpeting, like this, to talk to one another. They use them for drinking water, which we definitely couldn't do. If we tried to drink water up our nose, we'd start coughing and spluttering so that all the water would come back out again. Oh no! And they also use their noses, their trunks, for grabbing things, like picking up a tasty thing to eat. Just imagine if we could pick things up with our nose. We'd have to have a really, really long nose like an elephant to do that. We humans use our hands, our thumbs and fingers to pick things up. Did you know that elephants have little finger-like things on the end of their trunk that they use to pick up small things? So elephants kind of have fingers on the end of their nose. I'm glad I don't have fingers on the end of my nose, but on an elephant they look marvellous. Interestingly, one way you can tell an elephant species apart from one another is the number of fingers on the end of their trunk. The species of elephants called African elephants have two fingers, beside their trunk, whereas Asian elephants only have one. These finger-like things are very strong and an elephant can pick up a tiny peanut, break the shell and then eat the nut inside, all using its little nose fingery like things. An elephant's trunk has got no bones inside, but it does have 150,000 bundles of muscle fibres inside it to move around. Trunks are usually around two metres long and can lift things twice their own weight. The most useful thing an elephant's trunk can do is let the elephant drink water and feed without having to bend down or reach up too high. The trunk does a lot of the work. This is great because elephants are so big and moving around a lot to drink and eat takes energy. Their trunks help elephants drink huge amounts of water. And also then they can use the water to wash themselves and squirt water on their bodies to keep cool. Elephants can keep eating and chewing while their trunk looks around for more food, which is useful because elephants only eat plants. So they need to eat lots and lots of plants every day to keep strong and healthy. So it's helpful to use their nose to look for food while their mouth is eating it. Elephants' trunks are so good at smelling, they have better noses than dogs. 
The sweetest thing elephants do with their trunks is they curl them around other elephants' trunks. Just say hello, like we give someone a hug or shake their hand to say hello. I guess it's a tiny bit like when human parents give their babies an Eskimo kiss using their nose. Other than elephants, trunks are much, much bigger and more clever than our noses, really. I hope that answers your question, Arlo. Thanks for sending it in. Now this week we have a competition. It's to win a toucan box. Toucan boxes are brilliant boxes with two different crafts inside, which you can choose yourself. They drop through your letterbox and have everything in them that you need to make these two crafts. So you can make a giraffe or a crocodile or a rocket ship or a mini greenhouse. There's all kinds of things to choose from and you get to pick what goes into your box. If you'd like to win a toucan box, you have to send me your impression of an elephant trumpeting. All you have to do is ask an adult to borrow their smartphone and say, please, can you record me saying my name and then doing my elephant impression? So then do that recording of your name and then your elephant impression. Then email that audio file to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. I'll play all the elephants on next week's show and pick a winner who will get a toucan box. If anyone wants to try one in the meantime, go to toucanbox.com and use the code SUN. You'll get the first box of a subscription for half price. Thank you. And good luck, little elephants. Well, our first question was about a really big animal. And our next question is about something really small. It's about snails. And it comes from Beatrice and Henry. Hi, Beatrice and Henry. Hi, I'm Beatrice and I'm eight. Hi, I'm Henry and I'm six. And we live in London. We want to know why are there so many snails after it rains? And where do they go when it gets hot? Thanks so much, Beatrice and Henry, for your brilliant question about snails. Why do they come out when it rains? To answer it for you, I have someone who knows a thing or two about snails. He's in charge of snails and other mollusks at the Natural History Museum in London. His name is John Ablett. Over to John. Thanks, Beatrice and Henry, for your question. That's a really interesting one. I'm John Ablett, the senior curator in charge of mollusks at the Natural History Museum. So why do snails come out when it's raining? Well, the skin of snails needs to be moist and lots of water is used up when they make the mucus or the slime trails that they use for moving around. Because they don't have waterproof skin, they need to change their behaviour to stop them from drying up. That means that snails are generally nocturnal. That means they only come out at night time or... If it's been raining lots, then they sometimes emerge in the daytime as well. Now, snail shells are nearly completely waterproof, but not quite. So when it's hot and dry, snails often retreat into their shells and find somewhere safe to hide away from predators. This could be under logs and stones, in vegetation, on the trunks of trees, or even buried under the soil. And some species of snail can also produce a sticky mucus plug for the shell that's called an epiphram, which helps them from losing even more water. And when they do this, they go into a kind of suspended animation called estivation. And this is kind of the opposite of hibernation. So animals often hibernate when it's very cold, but they estivate when it's warm. And again, going into this kind of suspended animation helps them to survive the hot weather. I hope that answers your question, Beatrice and Henry. Thanks. Thanks so much for your amazing answer, John. I love that snails like the rain because they need to keep their bodies wet because they use up so much water moving around, leaving slime trails behind them, which we can spot when we're out for a walk or in the garden. Have a look this week and see if you can spot a slime trail where a snail has been out, especially just after it's rained. 
That's so interesting. Thank you, John, for your great answer. And I hope that answers your question, Beatrice and Henry. Now, did you know there's a species of snail called an elephant snail, also known as a Roman shield, which looks like it's grown too big for its shell. Its body often covers the shell. It's big and black and lives in rock pools in Australia and Tasmania. There's also the golden elephant snail, also known as a rabbit snail, which looks like it has a trunk. That's how it got its name, golden elephant snail, because of its colour, which is sort of golden, and its little trunk, which it uses to sift through the sand to find food on the seabed. They are one of only a few snail species that give birth to one to three perfectly formed tiny baby snails in their own little egg sac. Imagine teeny tiny snails with trunks like elephants. I'd like to see those. So that's it for elephants and snails and elephant snails. Now, last week, we had a really exciting competition to win a copy of Pippi Longstocking, illustrated by Lauren Child. I asked you to tell me your favourite word, one you've invented ideally, or a real word. Here are our favourite words. Hello Molly, my name's Alice, I'm four, I live in London, and my favourite word is book, and I love polar bears. Thank you. Hello, my name is Arlo, and my favourite word is winner, 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 winner. Hi, my name is Beatrice. I'm six years old and I come from Dubai. My made-up word is cuteful. It's a mixture between cute and beautiful. Goodbye. Thanks so much everyone for sending your words in. It was so lovely to hear them and it was impossible to pick a winner. So we pulled the winner's name out of a snail shell and the winner is... Beatrice! Congratulations, Beatrice! You've won a copy of Pippi Longstocking. Congratulations and well done! Now look out for the post next week as hopefully a copy of Pippi Longstocking, illustrated by Lauren Child, will be winging its way to your home soon. Thanks to everyone for sending your entries in. And now it's time for our third question, which is about spiders. Over to Isabel. Hi Molly, my name is Isabel, I am 8 years old, I live in England and I love Playmobil and Crafts and my question is, if spiders make a noise, what noise do they make? Thanks Isabel for setting in your brilliant question. Well, you probably can't hear them, but some spiders do make noises. Spiders can hiss, purr and buzz. spider purrs and buzzes by rubbing the hairy bristles on its body together. Now there is a species of spider that you can hear. They're called wolf spiders and they make sounds by using the leaves on the forest floor. They don't make the sounds themselves. What they do is they bang parts of their bodies onto leaves on the ground of the forest and those leaves then vibrate. When the leaves move and vibrate, they make a sort of soft purring noise that other spiders across the forest floor can pick up. If a female spider hears this vibrating sound, they might think, "Oh." There's a male spider somewhere around here and they'll go off in search of him to see who's making the noise. The best leaves to use to make the sounds are dry ones. They're kind of like a telephone line through which spiders can call one another through the forest. Now, can you guess the part of their body the purring wolf spiders bang onto leaves to make the sound? It's not one of their legs. It's little arm-like things called 
pedipalps, which you spell P-E-D-I-P-A-L-P-S. They're found on either side of their mouth. One of them has a rough tip and the other is shaped for scraping and together they make vibrations on leaves. And this is what it sounds like to human ears. That's the sound of a male purring wolf spider sending out signals through the leaves in search of a female. That sound is then picked up by other spiders who hear, not through their ears, but through their legs, using special organs called centillae, which are sort of in their knees. So when a male spider sends out a vibration through the leaves, a female spider uses its hairy legs and knees to sense these vibrations. Isn't that great? Spiders hear through their knees, Elephants talk through their noses. We've learned all kinds of things this week, haven't we? I hope that answers your question, Isabel. Thanks for sending it in. Well, we've learned all kinds of things this week, haven't we? Spiders hear through their knees, elephants talk through their noses, and now we know why snails come out in the rain. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful John Ablett for talking to us about snails from the Natural History Museum in London. And a big thank you to Arlo, Beatrice, Henry and Isabel for sending in your questions. Wishing you all a very lovely week full of sun, rain and fun. I hope you'll spot a snail and a spider or two. And if you're really lucky, you might see an elephant. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. Do check out Toucan Boxes and try one out for yourself using the code SUN. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, all you have to do is ask an adult to record you asking it. Ask them to use a smartphone, open the voice recording app and record you asking your question. Just say your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me your question and send it in to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. I'll answer it as soon as I can. Also, if you like the show, please get your parents to rate it and leave a lovely review wherever you listen to the podcast and tell all your friends to listen. We're on Instagram at Everything Under the Sun pod and Twitter at Everything UTS and Facebook Everything Under the Sun Molly Oldfield. Wishing you all a very lovely week. I know we're all at home at the moment missing our friends, but I hope you're still having a lot of fun. Why don't you and your best friend chat on Facebook or online and send in a question or two together to the Everything Under the Sun podcast. I'd love to hear them. Thanks for listening, sending sunshine and goodbye. (laughs) 